Section 1 of The History Teacher's Magazine, Volume 1, Number 3, November 1909. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. The History Teacher's Magazine, Volume 1, Number 3, November 1909. Section 1 Wall Maps for History Classes. There are few persons who will question the importance of a liberal use of good maps as a supplement to and even a part of the teaching of history in high schools and colleges, and there are few teachers who are not perplexed by the difficulties in the selection and use of these essential aids to the teaching of their subject. Owing to the considerable cost of this kind of apparatus, there is bound to be the ever-present financial difficulty. Owing to the great number of publications purporting to meet the needs of the history teacher, from small outlined maps costing less than a cent apiece to elaborate atlases costing fifty dollars there is a great range of choice within which there is no little difficulty in deciding just what cartographical aids are best for the problem at hand as the financial question is always dependent upon local and particular considerations and as the actual handling of maps is a subject in itself large enough for a separate article I will limit myself to the matter of the selection of the best maps. It is assumed, of course, that a selection has to be made. There are few institutions wealthy enough to buy indiscriminately everything offered for sale, and even were that generally true, an indiscriminate use of good and bad materials could not be countenanced anyway. The question is, then, what are the most useful maps that may be made available for schools with but limited means at their disposal? the great merit of a wall map consists in its size which makes possible the depicting on a large scale of things which can be represented upon a map with the further capital advantage that such a map can be seen by a great many people at the same time its superiority over the atlas lies then not in accuracy or wealth of detail but in its visibility for this there is absolutely no substitute and this advantage which for the teacher is almost the only one secures for the wall map a place among the indispensables in classroom equipment. They can be made to represent anything that a map can, though their special province is the exhibition of general facts where minute details are negligible. In fact, the encumbering of a large map with a multitude of names and other data is the cardinal sin of the cartographer. The two broad classes of facts put upon maps are political and physical, and almost always in combination, as neither one has very much meaning without the other. Let us take up the physical maps first, as they offer the greatest difficulties, are the most expensive, and in consequence are most rarely found of a satisfactory character. The trouble with a physical map is that it has the impossible task of showing physical features as they are, and so that they can be seen, this is impossible, because if things are shown in their right proportions, and if such natural features as rivers and mountains are drawn true to scale, they would appear in most cases as nothing more than faint lines and specks upon the map. As it is absolutely necessary that they be seen clearly at some distance, a gross exaggeration of their apparent size is made necessary. These difficulties are successfully compromised in a series well known in the United States, published by the House of Perthes, and known as the Seidel Habernicht series. In their color scheme, omission of unnecessary details in general mechanical excellence, they are so satisfactory that they have come to be something like the standard maps for the continents. 
Their great English competitor is Stanford's new series of orographical school maps, compiled under the direction of the well-known writer H. J. McKinder. Of an equally high character and worked out with somewhat greater elaboration of details are some of the maps of W. and A. K. Johnston, and the series of physical maps published in America by the Rand McNally Company. Before leaving the subject of physical wall maps, I want to say a word of commendation of the maps of Dietrich Reimer of Berlin, prepared by Richard Kiepert. The classical maps of Henry Kiepert, published by the same house, are seen in nearly every high school in the country, but the work of Richard Kiepert is altogether too little known. Owing to the influence of mere personal taste, one should be very cautious about stating their preferences too confidently while attempting to discriminate between a number of different types of maps, all of which are excellent, but I feel bound to state that I regard Richard Kiepert's map of Central Europe as representing the great desideratum of map-making. The essential physiographic features of that most intricate region, including the primary and secondary axes of the continent, are exhibited with such clearness that it is possible to use this map before a large class in a college or university lecture course. For all ordinary purposes of the high school, the sidow habernick map of Europe is sufficient, and as it is the map of the whole continent, the geographical relationships of Europe and Africa and Europe and Asia are shown as, of course, they cannot be with the Kiepert map, but no college class should be denied the privilege of seeing the Kiepert map or its equivalent, and if there is an equivalent I am not acquainted with it. Some of the maps of the French houses of Delagrave and Hatcheret and Company are deserving of wider use in this country, but our dependence on English and German publications for commercial reasons is not likely to be diminished for several years to come. These French firms apparently make little effort to advertise their wares in the United States, so that the difficulty of keeping track of their latest works and ordering them when they are known constitutes a serious obstacle to their general use. The second grand division of wall maps is made up of those which attempt primarily to show forth political divisions. They fall naturally into two further divisions. First, political maps of modern countries, as they are at the present time, and second, historical maps, which represent political divisions of the earth as they were at different times in the past. The most accurate maps of the first class are, generally speaking, published by the various governments of the civilized world, particularly of those military nations whose general staffs have, from the necessities of scientific warfare, been driven to preparing as accurate representations of the surface of the earth as is humanly possible. Of course, such maps record the minutest topographical details, and to that extent are physical in character, but for that matter purely political maps in the sense of totally ignoring all physical features, and becoming, happily, almost unknown. All a political map is, then, is a map which pays relatively more attention to the human side of geography than to the physical, and so, as it were, looks at the face of the continent from the point of view of man rather than nature. There are good maps of the first subdivision almost without number, and they are well known by people other than specialists. Those published in England and America by such houses as Rand McNally, W. and A. K. Johnston, George Philip and Son, and Edward Stanford may serve as good examples. They are quite adequate for the English-speaking world and are known to schoolmen throughout the country. The subject of historical maps, the second subdivision in the classification made above, cannot be dismissed quite so easily, and the treatment of this topic should not be relegated to the end of a short article on maps in general. In this field of cartography, England and America are distinctly behind the peoples of the continent of Europe, 
so that for maps illustrating historical geography recourse must be had to foreign publications particularly those of germany without any attempt to make comparisons i must content myself with the bare statement that the two series henry kiepert for the ancient period and spruner brettschneider for the medieval and modern period cover the field of european and oriental history very satisfactorily for college classes the fact that in the first series all names are in latin and in the second all names are in german make these maps unsatisfactory for general use in the high schools in lieu of these products of the firms reimer in berlin and perthes in gotha there are used very generally and with satisfaction the cheaper and cruder historical charts of mccown the color scheme in these charts is distinctive if not beautiful while the few minor inaccuracies are too unimportant to affect the general usefulness of the series there is no space left for even touching upon the subject of economic commercial and ethnographic maps upon the arrangement suspension and classification of the map collection in any given school or department of a university or upon the all-important topic of atlases a whole subject in itself closely related to the subject of wall maps and even more difficult to handle properly but these and other matters such as the actual handling of maps before classes and the treatment of the geographical factors in history though closely associated with the subject of wall maps are not within the scope of this article i shall be content if the references given here to particular maps prove specific enough to give practical aid to the history teacher in building up the map equipment of his department end of section one